what is your thoughts about the Shawshank Redemption? That's one of my favorite movies. Great. One of my favorite movies. Period. Oh, man. Yeah. That and Green Mile. Okay. Uh, and both Stephen King, like, stories yeah. are at the top of my all-time movie list. Love it. Love that movie. Shawshank and Green Mile are like movies when they're on TV. Yeah. No matter what point in the movie they're in, I, I'm, stop, I'm not clicking the channels anymore. Yeah, like, in, I'm, I'm there. You suffer the commercial breaks. I, I do endure them. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I'm with you. Okay. Shawshank See, I'm glad you surprised me. That, cause, all because right. what does Red... Tell Ray, right? Is the main in Shawshank Redemption? Ray? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the main guy. He knows who he is. That was accused of killing his wife. Yeah, Tim Robbins' character. Yeah. He says, Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can get a man killed. And I thought, is that true? Is hope a dangerous thing? Hope is one of the theological virtues. I would say hope is a dangerous thing without faith and love. Mm. Let's unpack that and Ed Talks episode. This is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who will inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. That is a great movie to use for this whole conversation because Red has no faith in himself or in the system, which is why hope is scary to him. I wouldn't necessarily say he's without love because he does love his friends. He does have remorse for what he did. So he, I would say there's a love for his family, but he has lost all faith in himself and in the system that he doesn't trust what will happen outside of those walls or that they would ever believe him for how remorseful he is. And so he just goes through the motions of why he's always denied parole. Right. Um, he's, he famously says, I'm the only, only guilty man in Shawshank. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I would say hope is dangerous because if you have no faith in what you're hoping for, then your, your hope is just is false and it's empty and it's terrifying because then it's both why hope if it's never going to happen or why hope and then I don't even know what to do if I get what I've been hoping for. Right. Or like it's, so hope is like a ship and faith is the anchor. So when, or even the steering wheel, maybe love is the steering wheel. I don't so know. love is the wind for the sails. Wind in the sails. Which we'll talk about next week. Come sail away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've got, but without that anchor, you're liable to get blown off course. You're liable to end up like Robinson Crusoe, shipwrecked on an abandoned island, and lost, right? Mm-hmm. Drowned, lost, alone. Um, and I think that, that is that is something to keep in mind because that is a really, really important 
point to make, especially as we, we walk through Lent and we walk through all the virtues, is yeah. how much they reinforce each other and how codependent they are on each other. And that's something that whenever you're talking about hope, you got to understand that hope and optimism are similar. So what would you say are the distinctions between hope and optimism? Because that's, that's a very good point. And an interesting one. Well, luckily, I don't have to make that. Ah, nice. I, I have this, this beautiful mother. This big green book. Holy Mother Church. <laughs> uh, and so hope is the theological virtue by which we desire the kingdom of heaven and eternal life as our happiness, placing our trust in Christ's promises and relying not on our own strength, but on the help of the grace of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So I think... Optimism can oftentimes become narcissistic, right? It's like, I'm optimistic. I can do this. I think I can. You're the little engine that could. But you're, you're detached from any sense of the realistic reliance that we have on God and His grace to get us over the humps that invariably come in life. And so hope is that same sense of of expectation of, of joy and mm. everlasting fulfillment, but knowing that I can't do it alone, but also knowing I don't have to. We don't have to. Like I, I, I can't do it alone, but that's okay mm-hmm. because God wants me to do this and he's going to give me the grace. So I think that's that's the key difference between optimism where you're le- it's, it's like red, right? He doesn't have that sense that, hey, the hope I'm seeking it's okay that I can't get there. Like, I know I can't do it by myself, mm-hmm. but that's okay because I know I've got someone who wants me to get there and is going to help me every step along the way. All I got to do is just let it. And that's when Andy Dufresne, by the way. Andy Dufresne is his name. <laughs> the other character. Tim Robbins. Um, and that's what Andy ends up giving to Ray. I don't mean to give away. Spoiler alert! Uh, but when Andy breaks out of prison and leaves Ray a map, literally, to his freedom. Um, and then that's when Ray finally has faith. Not only, not, not, I still think he has faith in the system, but he has faith in himself again, and he has faith in Andy, his friend, um, that, he, that then his hope can become actualized in getting out, starting over, and not ending in, in death. And of course, like our ultimate hope, and that's, that's the beauty of our faith, is that our hope isn't in ending up in a retirement community on a beach or whatever. Our hope is so much better than that. Yeah. It's, even that, you're still going to wake up. life, baby. Yeah, you're still going to wake up with a backache sometimes. You're gonna, if you don't get enough sleep, you'll be cranky. You're still going to get hungry. Yeah. You're still going to go to the bathroom. You're, your body's still going to break down. Mm-hmm. Nobody's getting out of this thing alive. No, we're not. So, not, not even Christ could. And that's okay, right? And yeah. That's the cool thing about our Christian hope is that we don't need to worry about those things. It's, I mean, we're human, so we do worry about these things. But that's that lack of fulfillment mm-hmm. that we're constantly finding. Like, oh, if I just get this new promotion, then I'll be content. Oh, and not going to happen. As soon as we move into this new house, it's a little bigger. We'll find. All going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. Oh, Once man. I get this next. Pay raise. I'm not going to have to worry about money ever again. Exactly. And we're, we're so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> right. Once I finish this project, I have more time to pray. Right. Once my kid gets into this school, I'm not going to have to worry anymore. Right. He's going to be good. I worry. Oh, uh, nonsense. Right. We do this. We do this constantly. every time. But I do think, you know, we, we do that because we are made with a longing for permanence. 
-hmm. We're made for it with a longing for a love that won't fail to satisfy. Like that's what we're always seeking mm -hmm. is that permanence. And that's what we're promised. That's what we're promised. Yes. All we have to do is cooperate with the grace, say yes to God. And sometimes that doesn't, that, that includes hard decisions, right? That includes sacrificing things that maybe at the moment seem pretty great, but in the long run are going to keep us from achieving or attaining the ultimate goal that is our inheritance, that is promised to us as part of our baptismal promise. So how do we grow in that hope? So ultimately, dear listener, what we're hoping for is eternal life. That's, that's the hope, right? That's, that's what it all leads to. Our faith is in that the Lord will give us the eternal life promised to us if we follow the commandments and we live as Christ has told us to live and if we take part in the sacramental life of the church and live a virtuous life and do the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, all those things, we have faith that by doing them and dying to ourselves and becoming more like Jesus, we will enter into eternal life. Our hope is that we will enter into eternal life if we do all the stuff that we're required to do, God will do the stuff he's required to do. And that's to allow us entrance into the kingdom of heaven if we follow Jesus the way that we're supposed to. Love is the vehicle by which we get there. Again, talk about that next week, so stay tuned. Um, but how do we grow in that virtue of hope? I would say that one main way right now that you'll notice when you come to St. Edward, at least for Mass, one of the ways liturgically we're growing in hope is the covering of the statues. Oh, so cool um, right now. We started doing that this past fifth Sunday of Lent. Um, so for those that came to Mass this past Sunday, you saw the statues are covered. Um, if you come to Mass on Palm Sunday, they'll still be covered. And one of the reasons for that tradition is to help our virtu the virtues within us of faith and hope increase because we're being veiled from the sacred, from these images that while beautiful and holy and are meant to lead us to, to heaven and help us think about the higher things that are not of this world, we can sometimes just get stuck on those and our faith stops at the statue or our faith or our, our hope stops at that I you know, have my grandma's rosary in my hand or that I have this really nice picture or something. But by covering them, now I have to rely solely on what is invisible to increase my faith and hope that I'm truly hoping in something beyond this world, that I'm not just stuck to the things here, even the religious things that we have, but that my mind is completely focused on heaven and the realities of, of eternal life. That's one way, like now liturgically, we increase hope. But outside of Passion Tide and in these last two weeks of Lent and Holy Week, how else can we increase that virtue of hope within us? So I think hope is all about, like, Chris, true Christian hope is ultimately about heaven. Like, that's, mm -hmm. at the heart of our hope is the fact that heaven, all about heaven. is attainable. So I think one way to increase our hope is to focus on heaven. And you can do that in a number of ways. One best way, I think, is to learn about the saints. Mm. Read about the saints. Yeah. Read about people who have run the race, who have won the crown. Learn from them. Be like, this is okay. It's doable because I guarantee you, some saints are going to be like, whoa, I ain't going to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess that's not for me. But there, is, there are saints that have done 
everything. It's the same thing vocations too. I mean, we don't all have the same vocation as a lot of these saints. And it's, right? We're not called to do those things. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't read the life of Benedict or life of Anthony of the desert to think like, okay, sweet. I'm about to... No. Leave my family. <laughs> go to the desert. Right. I mean, hey, Arizona's nice. Yeah, but. <laughs> oh, God, love them. Yeah, spring training's wrapping up, but uh, you know. But anyway, I would say read the lives of the saints and learn from them, and learn that it is possible for humans to live lives of holiness. I think a lot of times, over the last two to three centuries, we've seen a lot more stories of saints that are not necessarily martyrs. Mm that are not necessarily religious. I mean, they're religious and faithful Catholics, but they're not, they, don't, they haven't made vows. They, um, aren't, they haven't taken holy orders. So I'm talking about parents, married couples, especially for many of our listeners who might, that might be your vocation. Um, children, um, read the stories of them. How, how, what does it mean to be a saint who's a child? Uh, but read about these saints, because it's cool uh, to learn about our spiritual forebears, right? These yeah. people carried this cross before us, they passed it on, and now it's our turn. So learn from them. I think that's one really cool way to increase hope in heaven, is to know that it's possible. Praying to asking the saints. Pray. Pray. I gotta pray? Oh, no one told me that. <laughs> pray, 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 ask your ask saints to join you in prayer and allow them to help you. I mean, I love asking St. Anthony. I lose things all the time. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, I, you can see this. These are my keys. They're on a, uh, like a, I don't know, lanyard. And who gave you that lanyard? Margaret Hemma. Margaret. I hope she's listening. Because she told me that I, I had lost my keys when too, way too many times. So I'm forced to wear this around me <laughs> like, like Jacob Marley. <laughs> but then we can hear him coming. So. Yeah, stop talking about it. Uh, but, but I mean, you know, so use this opportunity to pray and ask. So I have a devotion to St. Anthony. I ask St. Anthony, come around. And I accept, like, when I find someone, hey, thanks for those prayers, St. Anthony. Like, ask other people to pray for you, but especially those people that are already in heaven. And then lastly, pray for the dead. Big thing. Give people who die a funeral mass. Oh, please, and Lord. Bury them and go to visit them where their body is buried. Because that is what points us repeatedly to the fact that that's not the end, right? It's not over. Yes, our earthly life has ended, but our great reward is either happening or we are being purified so that we can receive that reward and prove it to Those are my three things. If I had to add anything, yeah. it's, it's to always remind yourself of the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. That's the only thing I would add, which every time we come to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, we are reminded of the resurrection. When we're told, behold the Lamb of God, behold him who comes to take away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper. And then we receive him in the Eucharist, and we see him face to face in the Eucharist, um, and and to read the resurrection accounts in the Gospels, just to always remind ourselves that he is risen. Um, that's not to ignore the crucifixion. Um, we also have to remember that Christ crucified is the way to heaven, and we have to pick up our cross and follow him. Um, but as much as we can to. Remind ourselves of the resurrection of Jesus, the better. Um, Because that's ultimately what we're hoping for. Oh, yeah.
that's awesome. Awesome stuff. And it's so, I love those readings of, of Easter week, right? The, the, oh, the, yeah. Daily masses. If you get a chance, even if you don't get a chance. All to the go, resurrection you, accounts. Yes, it's yeah. so cool. Even if you can't go to mass during Easter week, during the octave of, of Easter, if you can, do it. Highly recommend it, yeah. So, but just read that you go to USCCB's website, mm-hmm. look at the gospel for that day. Every day, it's just what's going on. All the resurrection accounts. It's, it's beautiful. so cool, and it's just so true, especially after this time of Lent, where we focus intensely on linking ourselves to the passion of Christ. Then we can just celebrate and unleash it, because it is such a hopeful message. Yes. And uh, hope, it's, hope is a dangerous thing. And we can get very people. hopeless. And it, yeah, yeah and, it, and it can feel... And you can look at the world, and the world, you know, we know it, but read what Christ says. And he said, the world will hate you. Yeah. I didn't come here for this. And it hated him first. Hated him first. And crucified him. So the victory of the resurrection and the ultimate, like, we know who wins. Keep that phrase in your mind. Yes. Because when you, you're in the dark and you're looking, you know, you're asking, oh, my goodness, is there any, is there any hope? Yeah, that hopelessness is is real, and we again have to stay focused on the resurrection, on the lives of the saints, our prayer, the mass. I mean, all those things keep us focused on heaven and knowing that there is a resurrection. That you know, as as important as it is for us to look at Christ crucified and know that that is how we get into heaven, we also have to see the resurrection beyond the cross. So that if we if we just stay on the cross too much. Then we think that, okay, well, I'm just suffering to suffer. But that's not, that's not why we suffer. We suffer to gain eternal life. If we suffer joyfully, like Jesus, taking it on, picking up that cross, following him. Suffering with uh, love. Suffering with love. We'll Amen. talk about next week. But I'd like to close. close. The catechism gives us this quote. This is not the catechism. This is one of the awesome doctors of the church, St. Teresa of Avila. Mm. Just amazing. So here's, here's how they close their section on hope. Okay. Hope. Oh, my soul, hope. You know neither the day nor the hour. Watch carefully, for everything passes quickly. Even though your impatience makes doubtful what is certain and turns a very short time into a long one, dream that the more you struggle, the more you prove the love that you bear your God. And the more you will rejoice one day with your beloved in a happiness and rapture that can never end. That's hope. Wow. She's that great. will never end. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We know who wins. Amen. We know who wins. Well, I, that was you with hope. <laughs> you know, I don't know what else we can say. You can't, follow, you, can't, you can't follow up with Teresa of Avalon. No. I mean. I want to mic drop the mic. <laughs> Well, in that sense, in that case, uh, I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Manier. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. We hope to see you next week. Woo!